Take your enjoyment of Smodco Podcast to the next level by checking out a live Smodco show. Jersey reunites with Kev in Atlantic City on April 30th. Tickets to these and all Smodco shows are available now at Smodcast.com. We will not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. Oh my God, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. Did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say, don't be economic girly man. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no side. One. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Hello, Brain Trust. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, any new listeners, welcome to the Glebe of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the Glebe Squad, the big Glebers in all of us. Welcome to the Glebe Mob, or the Glob as some say, um, the Friends of Benefits. The Brain Trust is a group, we are, we are strong, we are, um, we're glorious, I'll use the word glorious because it's an underused word in podcasting and in podcast listenership and in in just honestly in modern life i feel like churches have the corner on the word glorious and then maybe occasionally a stone guy eating ice cream this is glorious you might hear that it's glorious but not often and i'm going to use it because all of you all listening i appreciate it so much and love to have you part of the brain trust and part of the g of eg the glebe of extraordinary gentlemen you guys know what i'm talking about I never used that acronym before, and you probably didn't know, but now you know, because I explained it, as most information gets disseminated and then received, is by hearing it, and it being explained. Um, I have a very special episode of the podcast for you today, I'm very excited about it. Um, the uh, special I did last week for GSN, Political Idiot Test. Uh, that I had been working towards for a very long time, um, merging my game show with essentially like the, the daily show kind of vibe. I was co-creator of the format. I was executive producer, head writer, and host. Hope you guys watched it on GSN. We ran a couple times that weekend and now it's done because they can't air it a bunch because of fair use laws since it was about the news, but I delivered a monologue on the news and, um, and, uh, it was awesome. And then we had these two pundits on as guests, um, as my contestants, but it was a fake game show. I was giving away huge sums of money at my own discretion in a fun, ridiculous way. And, um, my guests were the very smart, very bright, very interesting and opinionated founder, CEO, and host of the Young Turks, Jenk Uger. Used to have a show on MSNBC as well, and he was representing the left, the Democratic side, the progressive side, and on the right, representing the conservative Republican side, was this 23-year-old young lady named Tommy Laren, 
who um, is very smart and sharp and opinionated, especially for somebody of her age, and I think well-spoken. And she definitely has said some very controversial things on her show. Tommy, which is on Glenn Beck's The Blaze TV. Um, she's the one that's in this big fight, you know, essentially with Beyonce and Beyonce's people um, because of her rant against her formation dance and um, and that whole political stance that I guess was part of Beyonce's performance at the Super Bowl and has gotten a lot of notoriety and a lot of vitriol for her rant about that as well. Um, and her, she definitely says, Tommy, some incendiary things on her show, for sure. But also she says some very reasonable things, and she writes her own things, and it's very interesting to see somebody that young being that political and that politically savvy, so I enjoy that about her. Um, also, I am a little bit... Um, uh, open to her because she is a fan of mine. She told me when she came to the taping, there was a bit of a fangirl moment for her meeting me. Cause she used to be a big fan of Chelsea lately and seeing me on there. And that was very cool to hear. And then after the taping, she elaborated with the very interesting, you, you don't understand. My mom and I used to watch you all the time when I was in high school to which I almost had a heart attack because that made me feel very old, but also it was cool. I, mean, I felt old and cool, kind of like a ice cream cone that's been left out in the sun. Not so, not so, not so cool, but it was cool at one point. You get the analogy. Anyway, um, after the game show, the taping, the news show was finished, political idiot test. Um, I asked my two guests, those two pundits, Tommy and Jenk, if they'd stick around for a quick about fifteen to seventeen minute conversation that we did on Facebook Live for um, Pop Sugar's audience and for my podcast for all of you. And they agreed, and that's the conversation you're about to hear in a minute, which was really interesting because Tommy and Jane could not be on more polar opposite sides of the political spectrum. And we talked in the course of this conversation about immigration and about voter ID laws and money in politics and Muslims and how they should be treated both here in the country and globally. And all that in about 17 minutes. And while those two typically don't seem to agree on much, I really tried to, as I always try to do, is find some sort of middle ground we can land on. And you be the judge, but I think we ended up not being so far apart. Same thing we found a little bit in the podcast last week, interviewing regular voters in in, in the streets. But listen first and tell me if you do agree. Tell me on Twitter. Uh, there's no Twitter answers this week or Thunder Round. I apologize, but it's a special episode, and that's why. Um, I just want to quickly address one of the big pop culture stories of the week. Obviously, shocked the world. Um, allegations that Kanye and Kim are uh, not doing well in their marriage, and it's hard to get over. And, and I want you to know Kim took to her, her blog recently and said it's not true and things are fine. So that's great news. Also, Beyonce came out with the Lemonade video and album essentially calling Jay-Z out repeatedly in like a bunch of tracks for cheating on her, like real hardcore style. And has him kind of like cowering to her and cuddling with her at the end of the special. And another next level in Beyonce badassery, laying down the law, saying if you ever do it again, Beyonce's out, you're going to lose your wife. And Amazing. 
um, to do that and stand up for herself like that. And um, Kim doesn't have talent, so she just put up a video blog post instead to say kind of, well, it's not even an allegation of cheating there, but just say things are cool here too, okay? I mean, there have been allegations, but unconfirmed doesn't seem to be true. Kanye does genuinely seem to love her. But in all seriousness, before we go to this conversation, just quickly uh, be remiss not to mention the sad pop culture news and music news of Prince's passing this last week on Earth. And um, obviously an amazing musician, and there have been manifold tributes to him that I won't try to, you know, top, of course, because I can't, and I won't try to um, wax poetic because I'm not, a music expert, but I love Prince's music and he's an icon that will be so missed. And I'll just quickly share the one personal story I had with him was a few years back, I was having a birthday party at the writer's room, the legendary writer's room bar in Hollywood. It's behind Supper Club and it used to be the back room of Musso and Frank Grill, legendary Hollywood restaurant. And in the writer's room, F. Scott Fitzgerald would write and um, Raymond Chandler would write and I had my birthday party there a few years ago because my friend J.B. Moresco was the manager of the place and he shut it down to the public and just had it be for my friends on a Saturday night, which was incredibly cool of him to do and a really, really fun night. And he had told me, though, just, you know, of course we have to let in our super VIPs if any of them show up, but it's just a very, very select few celebrities. And I said, of course, you know, no worries. And other than that, it was my entire party. And then suddenly an entourage walks into the middle of my birthday party and Prince in the middle of that entourage. Prince showed up at my birthday party with like 150 of my closest friends and favorite people, and Prince suddenly. His entourage, circling him, walks right up to where I am and by me, and I had a chance in between two heads to say, Prince, he was just about two feet from my head, say, Prince, this is my birthday party, actually, and I want to thank you for popping in. It's so cool. But I didn't. I froze. He's an icon. I really had nothing to say, and just didn't say it. And he sat down at a booth inside and hung out all night at my birthday party. And I never went in there to look at his, him at his booth the rest of the night. I never talked to him the rest of the night. But so many people kept saying to me, why is Prince at your party? Prince at your party. And while I'd never met Prince before, never technically met him that day or talked to him, he made me look very, very cool. To have Prince... Man was a symbol for crying out loud. Come to your birthday party? My goodness. And people ask me, why is Prince your birthday party? If I fast directly in corner, I said that he just showed up. But if I was able to just kind of smile and walk away and leave a little mystery, you're damn right I did that. Because that's what Prince would have done. Anyway, some, uh, I think I announced this last week on the podcast, but the date and time of my Showtime Hour special for my stand-up is announced at the end of this conversation. I'm so excited about it, and I hope you guys set your TiVos, your DVRs, whatever you have, your newfangled devices, as soon as it appears in your programming guide. And follow me at Ben Glebe on everything. I'm coming um, this weekend to San Diego, the La Jolla Comedy Store, the 29th and 30th of this month, which is April, I believe. And the following weekend, I'm in Edmonton at the comic strip. The following weekend after that, I'm in... Mon I'm sorry, I'm in Vancouver. And a couple weeks after that, I'm in St. Louis, San Antonio, Chicago, and Minneapolis, which takes us through August. So please go to bengleeb.com, brand new website, enjoy it, 
and click on the See Me Live page to get the exact dates and get links to buy tickets. Please bring a big group out, support. Um, the podcast is free, but I do like to sell tickets on the road so I can make some money there, which would be nice. And you get a night full of laughter. You laugh your ass off. You laugh very hard. That's a guarantee. Um, without any further ado, here is the wide-ranging, yet interesting and focused in a way, political conversation with conservative Tommy Laren and progressive Jenk Uger on this last week on Earth. I'm here with my two guests slash contestants slash pundits who just did the taping with us. We have conservative Tommy Laren, who hosts Tommy on The Blaze TV. What's your Twitter? At Tommy Laren. At Tommy Laren, L-A-H-R-E-N. Yes, sir. And we have Jenk Uger, the host and creator of The Young Turks. What's your Twitter? Good luck, Jenk Uger. You Impossible. <laughs> you get a prize if you can spell it right. You're probably going to lose followers just <laughs> with them trying to type it in. They'll accidentally <laughs> click things. Right. So we just finished our taping. Time of your guys' lives, yes or definitely yes? Definitely yes. Okay, great. Thank you. Only because I get to sit next to you, Ben. Oh, oh that's so sweet. That. Jank? And you're uh, wearing your red tie. Top that. Okay, Tommy, we're not getting points anymore, so, <laughs> so let's bring it down. <laughs> yes, it was lovely, Ben. It okay, was lovely. good. Thank yes. you. I'll take that. I'll take that. Okay, so right now, what do you guys think for your respective side, or just in general, what is the, the most pressing issue in the election? I think it's a no-brainer. It's uh, money out of politics. Uh, because if you don't get the money out of politics, we're going to lose to the donors, whether you're conservative or a liberal. So, uh, and we're going to lose almost every single time. So, I, you know, for example, on gay rights, we won. Progressives won, right? You know why? Uh, a lot of people think, you know, oh, tide of history. Yes, there's some truth to that. But also because um, gay Americans, bless their hearts, uh, donated a ton of money to Barack Obama and to Republicans. And that swung the tide, and that's why we won. So whether it's conservative or liberal issues, got to get the money out so we can go back to a democracy. Do you agree, Tommy, or do you think that our entire democracy should just be decided by the Koch brothers? Well, first of all, I think it's hilarious when we talk about money in politics as if it's okay if George Clooney has money in politics because his money's okay, but money from the Koch brothers, that's dirty. But he even himself said it's ridiculous, and he just has to play by the rules right now. He went to meet the press the other day and said... This is very stupid, and I'm sorry about it. Yeah, he said it's obscene. And by the way, though, I, I'm in favor of a constitutional amendment to get money out of politics, but I do have a Clooney exception. <laughs> no, of course. You get all the money out of politics. You'd get Clooney's money out. You'd get the union money out. You'd get Soros's money out. Get all the money out so of politics. So would you be okay with that, Tommy, if we literally got all of it out and just had six-month presidential elections publicly funded? If it's a constitutional amendment, I'm a constitutionalist. If you can get that to pass... I'm all for it, put it in the Constitution. But it has to be done in the right way. But I don't think that that's the most pressing issue right now. I'm one of those Americans that thinks immigration is the top issue. And a lot of people do. That's why we saw the rise of Donald Trump, love him or hate him. People care about immigration. So you think the wall, we need to have the wall? I don't know if it's a wall or not. We need to have a secure border. Mm. End of the day, done. And also, I think less Democrats would win elections if we didn't have illegal immigrants voting. But... That's just me thinking again. How are they voting if they're illegal? They're just like guessing a name and they go up there and be like, I'm Bob, That's why we have I'm voter Bob Johnson. ID. That's why we have voter ID laws. But the Democrats don't like those because then the illegals can't vote. That's so. actually one thing that I don't understand. Why is voter ID law? I'm, I'm, of course, very much against anything like not letting people vote in advance, absentee. That should all be access to voting fair for right. everybody. But why can't someone show an ID when they show up to vote? Shouldn't anybody who's legal have an ID? Yeah, so... So that's enormously misleading. I'll tell you why. Because actually, 25% of African Americans don't have IDs. Why? Because a lot of them live in cities. And this is not just African Americans. So if you live in a big city like New York City, you never drive. 
So you never got a photo license. And in, in fact, if you're going to go get an ID, that's going to cost you a lot of money, uh, especially if you're poor, right? So that winds up being a poll tax, which is unconstitutional. So the reality is they check where you live, and they already have checks and balances into the system. Putting the extra uh, voter ID thing, for us, we think like, well, well, we all have driver's license, right. no big deal. But you have to think about people who don't have cars, so who are in cities, who are poor. Hold on, though. So you're telling me that those same people don't go to bars? They don't fly an airport. They don't go anywhere where you need an ID. <laughs> like, yeah, if you're question. poor and live in a city, yeah, you if don't poor, fly. In, you uh, don't fly or go to a bar. Do you, what do you do? Live under a bridge and that's it? You drink at home. You, you drink, drink at home. I think it's called pre How do you buy it? How do you buy the alcohol? <laughs> I mean, it's, if your parents buy it for you, it's a clear move. <laughs> One of your friends with an ID. It's like you walk around in circles. But Tommy, it's a fact that there's a certain percentage of Americans, about 10 to 15 percent, don't have IDs. 25% of African Americans don't have IDs, and it's not like the Republicans don't know this. I mean, they, they've can, been saying for a long time, we don't want that many people voting because those guys don't vote for us. Can we then agree, though, that obviously we all agree that everybody who's a legal citizen should be allowed to vote? Well, and absolutely. Let's say that the government was able to issue a, a, a new program to issue everybody a free ID, whether it's not a license. Then is it fair to have someone just show an ID at the polls? Oh, if you're issuing a free ID oh, yeah. and you free get it, ID. like when you turn 18, totally. the government gives it to you, et cetera, I think I could live with that. Okay. Yeah. Is that a possible I don't middle ground? All yeah. right, sounds good. Okay, good. But then yeah. on the more broad issue of immigration that you just brought up, why do you think that is the most pressing issue? What do you think is the huge problem with, with, with illegal immigration pouring over the borders? Jobs, national security, and when you have illegal immigrants, they cut in line for legal immigrants. It discourages legal immigrants. That's the misnomer here, that Republicans are anti-immigrant. We're anti-illegal immigrant because we're for legal immigrants. Do we need immigration reform? Yes. Is opening up our borders work? No. Let's go to Brussels, see how that worked. Go to Paris, see how that worked. Go to Germany, see how that worked. A secure nation needs secure borders. Every other country that's secure has a border. So, Jake, how do you reply to that? I mean, that seems like a fair point that we are a nation of immigrants, no one's saying that, but you shouldn't be able to break the laws of any country. I, and then on the minute I'll address whether or not I think those actual problems are significant or not. Right. So, a couple of things. So, number one, I'm a legal immigrant. And, and I You're actually. You're an illegal immigrant. I'm uh, so sorry, we're after legal immigrant. And so, uh, we w- waited in line. So, uh, no one understands that better than I do. I actually had a girlfriend who waited in line so long and she didn't get it. And she had, she went back to Jamaica, right? Because it is frustrating. It takes a long, long time. So when people quote unquote cut the line, no one understands that frustration better than I do. Right. Now, having said that, uh, right now, we actually have more people going back to Mexico than coming across the border this way. So if we built a wall, we'd actually be keeping them in. <laughs> Honestly, that's a fact. Again, we have net zero uh, immigration. Like More people are going back to Latin America at this point. So uh, look, what are you going to do with those 12 million people? So you got to be realistic there. I don't want to breaking the law, but I think we need what we need is a, a clear, and here I'm a little bit more draconian, maybe even than some Republicans, once we have a clear bill and we say, okay, this is the law going forward, right. then I can't have you crossing the border again. Right. Okay, If you are, then we got to bring you back immediately. Okay, so is that maybe another fair middle ground we can land on? Do you think it would be fair to, to try to deport all illegal immigrants who have committed crimes, try to deport all the other than coming across the border illegally, 
new crimes, um, and ask them to leave. And, and but but to have some compromise where since there's a huge number that just logistically creates a big problem, let people who are here stay if they have a family here, if they have children that are now citizens, if they have been here for a certain number of years, like the current bill of if they've been here for since 2010, maybe you let them or, or, or before then let them stay, and then moving forward have a hard and fast enforced immigration law. Is that a fair middle ground? I believe so. I do believe it needs to start at the border. But yes, um, some people call that a path of citizenship, a fine, something. You need to contribute something to this country. They need to come out of the shadows, but they need to contribute to the country that so graciously allowed them to break into it. Well, look, the last thing on this is that uh, we have to understand the underlying problem, which is that uh, in order to get uh, Americans that are already here to actually pick tomatoes in the field, you'd have to pay them a huge salary. Because when they uh, got tough with illegal immigrants in Alabama and Georgia, I believe, uh, they kicked them out, and then they were like, oops, no one will do this job, right? right? And then they so couldn't compete anymore. Point? Because those jobs are ones that Americans won't, Americans won't do for that rate. Visas, visa tracking system. I think you'd probably agree we need a better visa tracking system. What we have right now, if you can track someone's iPhone, you can track someone Agreed. that's in this country. We can so track everything so easily. It's, it seems to me insane The NSA tracks us every day. The NSA is tracking us right now. So we should be able to True. track the visas better. My I, iPhone. I do believe we need comprehensive immigration reform. Agreed. It's a broken system. I just don't think opening the door is the way to go about it. I think it starts at the border, border enforcement. And then as far as your other point about f for keeping terrorists out and potential people mm -hmm. causing problems, do you think it's an equal problem in the northern border and the southern border? Because they say that that really is a place where maybe radical Islamist terrorists may come through more likely than through Mexico. Both, all borders need to be secure. It's not just the southern border. We just have, seem to have more of a problem because the Canadians don't want to get in as badly. But yes, when we're talking about national security, borders need to be created equally. We need border enforcement on both ends. Absolutely. So two walls. Let's do two walls. I don't know if a <laughs> wall is just Dome America. My idea is Dome America. Yeah. And that way. Yeah, Thunderdome, you have it all covered from all sides, and that way also it stops global warming, at least in America. This is an idea I'm, I'm championing. Okay. You can open and retract the dome when the weather's nice. <laughs> so, um, look, the, the borders aren't the issue in the case of terrorism, because uh, ISIS actually has plenty of money. In order to be uh, to get come in as a refugee, for example, you have to wait 18 months. ISIS isn't going to wait 18 months. You just get a... How long do they wait to plot 9-11? No, no, no. Well, first of all, that was Al-Qaeda, not ISIS. It's, they didn't they're terrorists. It's all the same. Okay. So, no, you I'm can... I'm fine with that bucket. Terrorist well, bucket. By the way, the, the way that they did do it is they get visas. To get a tourist visa, right. student visa, all these different visas is a thousand times easier than trying to cross a desert so, or waiting as a refugee for 18 Strong months. Point. That's just if not a, what they do. If a potential terrorist... On his visa application does mark, I do plan to commit terrorist acts. You shouldn't come into the country because you're just dumb. <laughs> you only want smart terrorists here. I think that's fair to say. Well, I, I hope we don't get any smart terrorists. No, agreed, agreed. But like so smart, they realize yeah. that what they're doing is dumb and they don't do it. See right. what I mean? Of like, course. They, they get self-realization during the moment. It'll be great. Um, one last quick issue before we wrap this thing up. I want to just touch this. We touched on, on terrorism as an issue. Do you agree that... Like, I personally agree that it is odd to me that, that, that President Obama does not use the term radical Islamic terrorism. I understand why he, does. he doesn't want to inflame tensions that are already very sensitive in the country. But can you, do you also agree that it, it, it is very important to distinguish between Muslims and radical Islamic terrorists who happen to be Muslims? Do you want to take this one? Because I have a whole mess of thoughts on this. So I'll okay. let you go first. All right. So first off... 
uh, are they a radical Islamic terrorist? Of course, of yes. course. So there's no, I have That's no like problem saying That's the main terrorist these days. <laughs> right, yeah. And so, uh, you know, but throughout history, there's been terrorists of a thousand different sorts, suicide of bombers of a thousand different sorts, the Japanese, the Sri Lankans, uh, the IRA, etc. Now, uh, when you conflate that with Muslims overall, well, then you just start a war with 1.6 billion people. Right. And a lot of those guys we need on our side. So we need the Jordanians on our fight, uh, side as we fight ISIS. And, and the list goes on and on. And the Indonesians didn't do anything to us. So, and the in, Indonesia, by the way, is the largest Muslim country in the world. So you just have to get a little bit more educated on who the enemy is. And, and I think it's super counterproductive to, to say Muslims are the enemy. Tommy? But no one's saying to say Muslims. We're saying radical Islamic terrorists. You're right. To not call them radical, to me, sounds more bigoted than just saying terrorists. We're not going to name you because we don't want to point you out. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to have uh, Muslim sensitivity as our number one priority. What is that saying to the peaceful Muslims? It's saying, we aren't delineating you between the radicals because we just won't say anything at all because we're scared. No, Agreed. name your enemy, name the problem, sure. go after it. And to me, though, and that's why it's, it's, it's divorced of being about a particular ethnic group. And I don't know why the, the media can't get our politicians to discuss past that. It's not about what ethnic group it is. Like you said, it just currently happens to be that it's mostly Muslim mm -hmm. people that are being radicalized and becoming terrorists. It could be any group. In the past, Christians killed tons of people for no reason. But to not label it, I understand, is a problem. But at the same time, do you agree that if we don't label, do you agree that some Republican candidates for sure are are saying all Muslims? When Ted Cruz says you have to patrol and secure Muslim neighborhoods, that obviously would upset and, like Jenk is saying, make Muslim people living here in our country resent the government and, and not help us find terrorists like the person, in, like the woman in Paris that just, a Muslim lady who helped us find that last mm -hmm. bomber from the, from the Paris attacks, and same thing when Donald Trump says ban all Muslims. I agree with you. We need to know who's coming into this country. I don't think you can ban on Muslims. Uh, properly vetting people, though, is important. And not paying attention to political rec correctness when you're doing so is important. But I don't agree with the statements made by Ted Cruz to patrol and secure Muslim neighborhoods. You can't just go into a community because it happens to have a high Muslim population and patrol it. I don't think that that's a, a correct statement either. Um, I've never stood up for that. I think religious liberty, as it pertains to the First Amendment, applies to all religions, not just the ones that we favor. So we could probably align very similarly, similarly on that one. But I do still think you need to name your enemy and go after it full force, which we're not doing. But let me make a counter-argument on that. So uh, to me, I've got a family here in L.A., and I'm much more worried about a mass shooter than I am a terrorist attack because a mass shooter is far more likely. It's a, that's an absolute fact, sure, inarguable, wise. right? So uh, who are the great majority of uh, mass shooters? White males. So now if I said let's discriminate or let's... I'm in favor of banning white males from the country <laughs> temporarily. <laughs> so if, if I made an argument, hey, statistically, white males are the problem, so we should profile white males, do all these different things, everyone, I think, would agree that that's absurd. Right? So why do we not agree that it's saying Muslims is absurd? It's, because, it's equally absurd. She's because with white, she's saying white, white males. Here's yes. the thing, though. White males, when they go on these rampages, they're not going forward for an ideological purpose, a caliphate. Sure. They're not. They are in their own mind. They're they're writing some perceived no, wrong. Generally, they're just mentally ill. They are, but they're not. But think about it. The, the Muslim guy doing the attack is also mentally ill. He is, but he's like fighting. the guy in San Bernardino you know, was crazy. He right? believes though. So, but when a, when a white guy says, Islam. "Hey, I'm going to kill all the uh, black people in this church," we go, "Oh, he's just crazy." Even though he wrote literally a political manifesto, right? Right. But when the Muslim guy does it, and he, he's unbalanced, the guy at work was trying to help him. 
right? And, and he like kills them anyway. And he tied, it seems right. like. It's just wrote an email on right. Facebook said, hey, ISIS, I'm on board. And then right. the, go, the Muslim guy is political, but the white guy isn't. But is no, it fair it's, that. It's not, it's, it's not to say that the white guy isn't political in his own mind. He right. could be fighting. It's not Dylan a larger Ruth, broad call. For example, there are white supremacists out there. Fact of the matter is, we are fighting ISIS. We are not fighting the right. KKK You're right it's now. It's a larger broad cause that has a, a whole it's, it's a, ideological unified idea behind it that is spreading. They've declared war upon us. They have ISIS has declared war on the West, but we on all, Christians. But we all can't agree then. It seems like we've arrived at the point that we're, that if that is the problem, the best strategy is not to alienate Muslims around the world. The best strategy is to embrace them and say, we love you, we're all the same people, and we need your help in rooting out this Islamic terror, this radical Islamic terrorism. Yes. Fair? Yeah, absolutely. And remember, a lot of the Muslims in this country ran away from dictatorships, ran away from ISIS, ran away from Saddam Hussein to come for hope and unity here in America. And we need them here. I have two Muslim ex-girlfriends, some of the hottest women alive. So I'm on board. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm sorry to hear about your Jamaican girlfriend that had to leave. I'm so sorry about that. But once again, here on Facebook Live and on my podcast, Last Week on Earth, subscribe on iTunes, uh, we have solved all of America's problems. Two of the biggest, most contentious issues. We just did it. Last plugs, last thoughts. Um, yes, uh, if you're on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Young Turks. That's easier to remember. Uh, we'd love to see you there. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Tommy Laren, also facebook.com slash Tommy Laren for my final thoughts. And my show is on The Blaze, 8 p.m. Eastern. And Political Idiot Test, a GSN special presentation tonight at 11, 10 Central and rerunning this weekend. Please watch it on GSN. Thank you to Pop Sugar for hosting us here. Hopefully we get to do more of these specials if people watch it tonight. Happy 420 to everybody. And subscribe to Last Week on Earth. Oh, and one last announcement I'm happy to make. My Showtime one-hour stand-up special. We just got a date this last night or this morning. Uh, June 3rd, 10 p.m., my first ever hour special. So please check that out on Showtime. Thank you all for watching. And uh, that's it. See you. See you soon. I love you. I'm in love with you. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at Smodcast.com.